Hello, and welcome to a VJ Hemok podcast. We are a global open access multimedia channel that brings you the latest research updates in hematological oncology. Today, we'll be discussing the potential of CAR T therapy as a treatment for multiple myeloma. Our speakers discuss topics including BCMA directed CAR T therapy, the mechanisms of relapse disease, and future directions. Chairing this discussion is Yi Lin from the Mayo Clinic, who is joined by Edward Stortmora of the Perlman School of Medicine and Karina Patel of the MD Anderson Cancer Centre. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Follow us on Twitter at VJ Hemonk and share your thoughts. Visit vjhemonk.com for the latest updates from international meetings like ASH and IMW. Be sure to subscribe to VJ Hemonk podcasts, which are available both on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Elin from Mayo Clinic, and I am here with Dr. Ed Stockmeyer from UPenn and Dr. Karina Patel from MD Anderson. And we just had an excellent session on CAR-T therapy in multiple myeloma. We tried to cover really a spectrum of topics uh, with BCMA-targeting CAR-Ts that are now in late development, hoping to have something for FDA review by early 2020 as well as early investigations into next-generation CAR-Ts and also having some pharma perspective on global development of CAR-Ts. Dr. Stottmeyer, would you like to start with some of the things you presented and shared, and what are you excited about? Well, it's it's been just such a a tremendous time for our patients uh, with relapsed and refractory multiple myeloma. Um, we, we've seen such tremendous results with the CAR T cells for um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and for acute lymphocytic leukemia. Uh, and now we're seeing uh, similarly outstanding results, even for the most relapsed and refractory patients with multiple myeloma. The, the BCMA-directed uh, CAR T cells Somewhere in the neighborhood of 80% or more of the patients who've received them have had beautiful responses um, with tolerable toxicities. These patients still have the uh, the CRS and the potential neurotoxicity, but but there are many patients. In fact, we heard today that there are patients over three years in remission after this therapy went, who have really run out of other therapies. So it's it's an exciting time. And Dr. Patel, would you like to share what you presented and your perspective on where we are in the field right now? Sure. I think this weekend has been um, really fun just seeing what's going on in other diseases that are a little bit ahead of us, um, especially in diffuse RGB cell lymphoma and ALL and CLL and how diseases are so different and why the responses are so different in in myeloma versus, let's say, other um, uh, disease types. And I think with these early trials and hopefully having a standard of care soon is very, very exciting. But I think what we need now is the data um, of why are our responses different. Great, that patient who had three years, why did that patient have three years versus our patients who don't respond so well? And I think um, we've come up with so many questions and hopefully now we'll start having those answers. Um, and then I think the, the fact that we have other targets for myeloma, you know, that it's not just BCMA, that now we can look at other targets, see how people respond, and then hopefully in the future, potentially combine them to see if that is the way to cure. Um, you know, I think these are really exciting times for our patients with relapsed refractory disease, but really important is what's gonna happen in the future if we can do it earlier. How are we gonna cure our patients? Um, and we're not there yet, but I do think this is sort of the window that maybe we'll be able to figure it out um, soon. 
Absolutely, yes. I mean, as a, a treating physician, it's been very exciting to see these patients at the bedside. There were a lot of questions about, you know, wh what do we know about the, the relapse? You know, maybe we, we're not quite seeing that flattening of the curve as we're seeing lymphoma and leukemia. Um, what do you think are potential things that we could maybe learn that maybe is, is um, shared among the CAR-T platform and what could be unique challenges you know, with multiple myeloma, that um, well, disease-specific? Well, well, I, I think that the mechanisms of either non-response or relapse is, is probably the key question in all of uh, CAR-T cell therapy for all of our patients. You know, initially it was felt that probably a relapse would be uh, a, a cancer cell evolves to no longer have the target on its surface and therefore it will, it, it will no longer be targetable and therefore other targets or multiple targets is a reasonable thing to, to do. But we're also learning that, that, uh, that patients can relapse even though they still have the target uh, uh, on the surface of their of their cells, and so it may be more than just uh, the just having a, uh, a a warhead that 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 targets these cells. It, it may require much more knowledge about uh, about how to interact and how to make these cells even more potent. And that's one of the things that that we've been studying, and maybe trying to edit out certain genes to. Uh, to make the cells either persist longer or be more uh, potent um, uh, versus trying to really understand the environment in which these uh, malignant cells uh, live and then uh, and, and seeing if we can enhance the ability for these cells to persist and grow and attack the disease by helping, by combining perhaps uh, these cells with immunomodulatory agents or, um, uh, or uh, checkpoint inhibitors, et cetera. Yeah, and I think the other question is um, T cells. How, you know, what is the, the um, health of these T cells that are going in? If we're making it from our patients who have had lots of therapy, those T cells are probably not as active, even though we put something in there to activate them. Um, so then the trials that I discussed um, mostly was for a different antigen, CS1, which we have the monoclonal antibody, you know, elotuzumab for, but this is putting something else on that, that warhead, and, and it's a CAR-T. So, um, and then our trial specifically is an allogeneic. It's one of the first, you know, other cells, um, not your own, but an allogeneic product, where we take normal donors and we make um, these CAR T cells. So I think it's going to be really interesting, one, to see what a different antigen does, but two, what happens when you give somebody, you know, somebody else's cells. Um, of course, people have probably heard of allogeneic transplant, where we think about graft-versus-host disease and those kinds of things where there are problems. Um, but here we actually take out the machinery that can cause graft-versus-host disease, so we don't expect to see that. And we're giving something specific just to kill the myeloma, right? We're not replacing the bone marrow. Um, so I think that the, the patients that are going on here are mostly are patients who, you know, I think um, would benefit it, that they can't make their own cells. So there are a lot of people out there that we've tried to get onto, you know, the, the BCMA CAR-Ts, but we couldn't make cells or their disease is just so aggressive, they don't have time to wait for bridging and all those things. So specifically for those patients, I think this is a, a trial that will um, hopefully 
get this kind of you know, new immune therapy um, to them. But then, once again, give us a lot of information about using your own cells versus somebody who's never seen cancer or you know, had steroids um, their entire time and seeing if those T cells work a little bit better and give us more information on what to do for the future. And, and certainly now that we have evidence of uh, effectiveness that these cells are actually causing responses and safety, more and more we're moving these therapies into earlier, earlier uh, circumstances that maybe the, the T cells will be healthier, maybe we'll be able to um, uh, uh, it, it sort of transfect into cells that have more memory and, and, and more effectiveness. And patients who aren't so beat up in many ways from uh, all of their other therapies so that they may truly benefit from, uh, from these therapies. Yeah, sounds like a lot of opportunities still coming ahead. The, um, the enthusiasm of the, the community that's, uh, that's doing this work is, is just tremendous and, and really uh, moves us along. I think there's a lot of support both from uh, the academic centers as well as the clinicians, as well as our industry partners. So it's all, you know, I think it's all set for us to really make tremendous advances in the near future. Yeah, I agree. I think our session was probably one of the biggest in terms of the folks presenting, and we did have um, 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 different countries represented, um, which was amazing. This is a global you know, thing. Um, someone mentioned that there's 44 myeloma CAR-T trials right now in clinicaltrials.gov, and it's in multiple countries. It's not just the U.S., um, and it's growing. Right? And I think to get that data, because not everybody's treated the same everywhere, but it seems like CAR-T could go to other countries. It's not something that has to be only in the U.S. as a boutique medicine. And to have that perspective from you know, our pharma group um, and that people are looking at that, um, to, not, to make this applicable to everybody and not just the you know, certain centers, um, I think is, is, was actually pretty refreshing. Um, and having multiple pharma you know, companies involved because it makes it more competitive. We're trying to do get the best products out there. Um, and hopefully, as we know, myeloma is one of the most expensive. Um, this came up that myeloma is one of the most expensive you know, um, uh, diseases to treat. Um, so if we can get better quality of life for our patients with this, um, you know, that actually adds value to, to what we're doing. Um, and hopefully, that will help um, our patients in the future. Is there anything that we haven't shared yet with here that you might want people to know. So thinking ahead for next year. Yeah, no, I think um, hopefully we'll have more of the, you know, um, the resistance mechanisms a little bit more worked out, I think, because we're a little bit behind. We're, we're not as where diffuse large B cell is um, and we have more issues. It's not just one issue. And so I'm hoping that by next year we have a little bit more information to help us with that part. I certainly will stay tuned. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Follow us on Twitter at VJHemonk and share your thoughts with us on the topic. Visit VJHemonk.com for the latest updates from international meetings like ASH and IMW. And be sure to subscribe to VJHemonk podcasts, which are now available on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts.